0: morning, Church. Good morning. Good morning. God is good, huh? Eh? I'm going to um, kind of follow on where Paul left off last week. We are in spiritual warfare. Do you know that? Yes. And it's getting tough for many people. And we need to acknowledge that. But also we need to respond to it as a church and as individuals, because there's a tremendous battle going on. The enemy's two main weapons against our faith is unbelief and fear. Unbelief I don't think is so powerful as fear. If we believe and we believe in Jesus, we can work out um, our faith from that. But fear affects many, many people, even those of faith. And if the enemy can bring fear into your life, it will cripple your faith, it will shut your mouth. It will bring you to a place where you're unable to be a witness to others. And that's exactly what the enemy's doing in the world right now. When you turn on the television, what do we see? Panic, the apocalypse, famine, drought oil prices, economic collapse. That is bringing a tremendous amount of fear to this nation. People are saying, well, what's going to happen to me, to my finances, to my situation? And Christians are even falling in the same trap. And I want us to see today that this kind of onslaught of fear from the enemy is a tremendous opportunity for the church to rise up in real faith. Because if they can see faith in you and in your heart and in the way that you react to things, That will bring challenge to them, it will bring change to them. And uh, we shouldn't be surprised at what we're seeing right now. Growth has been saying it for some time. If you look at the study of Old Testament prophets, the prophets of Reformation, Prophesy a time when Israel will be restored, when the church will be restored. Fact, it but it will be a time that will be at the end of time, when things would get worse, but the church would arise and be strong. Now, these exactly are the things that are happening right now in our nation. We see things getting worse. And I tell you, they are going to get worse. We're going to see government collapse. We're going to see institutions that have been around for years fall down. We're going to see the whole structure of the economy collapse. And so we as the church, we as Individual Christians need to prepare our hearts and to prepare our lives to live by faith in such a time as this. Because we're going to be required to live by faith in a new way. Day by day faith. When everything will be nitty gritty. And that's going to be tremendous. That's going to be an opportunity. And I'm not going to dwell on overcoming fear that much today because we've got an answer for that. But I want to concentrate on how we not increase necessarily our faith, but understand the power of our faith and how we can develop it Into an ongoing day by day walk with God that will change our lives and those around us. Amen? Amen? Practical faith that works. Our faith will be shaken and tested. As God shakes, the devil brings an onslaught of fear. It's time to deal with our fear and consolidate and grow in our faith. Paul shared on Job. He shared on the attitudes that Job had when everything in his life went wrong. And Paul challenged us. What was Job's reaction in faith? to these things that suddenly happened to him. Now we're going to be facing stuff like that. And so the challenge that Paul must be was very, very timely. And I think we need to think and prepare how we're going to react when things get worse. I tell you, any new government will not effectively answer the problems. No government can do it. See, God has prophesied this before. So don't be surprised. Let's tune in with what he's doing. There's his child there. And he's working through it. And he's shaking the church and he's shaking society so that the end time harvest can come and Jesus can come back. So there's the purpose behind all of this. So I get quite excited when I read the news. Because to me, it's hey, time short. We're going to see revival. We're going to see God move in signs and wonders and miracles. But it will depend on how we, the people of God and the family of God, operate. What we believe, what we think, what our values are. And I'll tell you this, as God shakes... He will shake the church first, because he wants an army. He wants an army who can fight. He wants a holy army. Sanctification tends to be a kind of dirty word, but we need to be sanctified. We need to take the way we live and the values we have and the holiness is practical into our lives. Because when we have holiness and sanctification, we have power. God moves with the people. God can move when there's no sin. God can move with people who are sold out for him. And I believe the church is going to go through a crisis because many will fall away. I think the number of Christians are likely to decrease. And that's going to put pressure on us, but it's going to be excitingly wonderful to see how God uses ordinary people like you and me to rise up and be extraordinary and become supernatural and become the people he's made us to be. you excited by that? I just want to look at three principles that will help us. You probably know all of these already. Fear comes through our minds, then affects the spiritual and the physical. It changes our perception of things. So we get a thought, a negative thought. It has to come into your mind. You read it on the news, you read it in the Someone says something to you. You have an opportunity right at that point to stop it. Because once you start thinking about that thought, it grows. Right. That seed of doubt, just like Adam and Eve, grows. And before you know it, fear grips your heart. And you worry about the kids, and you worry about the family, what they're going to win, and how it's going to turn down. Right. And so we need, first of all, to take up that shield of faith in Ephesians 6. That shield, the Roman soldier's shield, was more than four feet tall and two foot wide. It covered the whole of the heart and the body and he could move it up and down as those fiery uh, arrows from the enemy came. They used to dip arrows in poison and set them on fire and fire. That shield was the shield of every fiery dark. So every thought the enemy wants to plant in your mind of fear and death and unbelief, you have a weapon. Yeah. It's the shield of faith. It's, that's not true. I'm not accepting that outcome. Thank you, Lord. And you put your shield up. And if you do that often enough, the enemy won't want. Because people know that you're not going to accept that. And so the shield of faith, I believe, is the strongest thing we can have against those arrows. And in 2 Corinthians 10, it tells us too that we take every thought captive to Christ. Every thought that comes into your mind, where does it come from? Does it come from God or does it come from the only? You choose. Choose who to believe. We're bombarded by the enemy to cause your faith and trust in God to fail. The shield is the only weapon with clear purpose, a protection from all the fiery darts of the evil <laughs> one. Next point. Why is faith so important? Simple. 1 John 5.14. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. God's faith in us will overcome the world. Will overcome the situations. Will overcome every circumstance we face if you put your trust in him. So we're called to live by faith. Amen? Not by fear. Will you do something for me? If you hear anyone in this room Start talking in a fearful way. Stop it. Chance And say, "Who's in control? Why are you being so negative? Is God control? Will you do that for me? Because that will help us to expand our muscles of our <laughs> faith is not just belief in James 2 verse 14 it says even the demons believe faith is more than belief faith is belief and trust it is resting in God's presence and word a solid unshakable confidence in him Amen. So we not only believe what God says, we trust it implicitly because he cannot lie. That's what faith is based on. God's character. We cannot lie. Hebrews 1. Now faith is a substance. It's real. It's a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. What God has promised will happen. Faith treats things that are hopeful as reality. Amen. Faith is real. Well. It's more than truth There's an evidence, there's a substance. Many of us have proved that faith is real. We haven't got faith testimony this morning. It's real. It changes people's lives. But it doesn't stop there. Alison's niece needs to be delivered. She needs to be free. She needs to be out of all the suppressed and got into that mind and spirit and emotions and she needs to be set free. Yeah. And our prayers will do that. Yeah. And the house in the will do that. But we can't leave it just now. We've got to see it through. That's why sometimes prayer takes a long time. You need to pray and pray and pray and pray until something happens. Push. Pray until something happens. And then you'll see the miracles. So that's why faith is important. Next, third thing I want to say is faith is a day by day journey of action. Faith is dead unless you act upon it. then You can say you have faith, you believe. It. But faith has to have action. It's got to have legs and arms and voices. Yeah? And so we need to put faith into action. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him and he will direct your path. So, we're walking in faith. There's a path we walk in faith. And if we walk that path of faith, it's a daily thing. Amen? If you're not operating faith every day, you're in trouble. Yeah, It's not just believing that God is good, it's hearing what is happening to you, it's doing what is happening to you, it's hearing his voice, it's changing your attitudes, it affects the whole way you live, when you're a bit shirted with your wife. Like I am in nursing sometimes. Something comes in here and says, like, And I have to say something. I can action. Everything we do has faith behind it. So we need to sit back to it. Now, the five things I want to. Uh, to just impress upon you this morning, and each has a challenge, okay? Obviously, uh, the first one is the uh, principles, preaching and prophecy. I want us to keep all the keys, okay, that's just for this screen. But basically, the first point is the word of God. It's the word of God, whether it comes through his principles and work, preaching or prophecy. God's word is true. It's powerful. It can change lives. But you have to not just believe it, but do it. And so that's the challenge. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So often we pray things that we think are in faith and nothing happens because we haven't heard God's opinion. We haven't asked God what he wants to do. Maybe sometimes he doesn't want to heal. Maybe sometimes he wants to do something completely different. It's up to him. And so the important thing for us is we hear. And we hear his word, however it comes. Hopefully, some of you will hear some of God from what I'm sharing this morning. I hope that's true. You certainly get things from God from prophecy. And obviously, the word of God. We're so blessed in this church. i have got wonderful preachers like Paul and Sanjay. And I don't know who else, but such a rich history of the word in their hearts. Be glad about that. It's not in every church. You don't grow in faith by relying on emotional experiences. Faith is deepened through reading and learning the word. Hearing it preached and acting upon it. How much time do you spend reading the Bible every day? If I ask, you know, I, won't it. I won't do it. But it's a challenge. If you want to live by the word in faith, you need to read it. Actually, you won't know what those things. You won't know what he's saying. And then when with the, when a the George's prophecy comes along, you've got nothing to compare with And so, read the Bible. They in life, for years, I've gone through the whole Bible every year. It's a good discipline. Read really. it. You don't have to spend great chunks of time. Take half an hour here, half an hour there, half an hour there. Get the word of God in you, inside your heart. Then you will know how to live and how to please. So important that we know how, and how to respond. To the word of God. We need to hear, we need to read, and we need to respond. If you do those three things, I guarantee your faith will grow. It will. The important thing sometimes is to be obedient because the Bible can be very boring. If you're not dealing. You? What do I mean by that? Is that God always comes back to the last point you were obedient to me. So if you read something and you think, oh, that's nice. but well, I'm not going to do it. i my life. Guess what? That same reading will come back and back and back back and you'll get fed up with Until you do. Anybody read that experience? Mm -hmm. No. So do. Do. Don't just be here as the pillars of the world. Amen. Second thing is we need one another, we need people to increase and build up our faith. You can't do it on your own. The sooner you recognize that, the better. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have church. It's so important that we gather together because there's an atmosphere of faith. And if your faith needs to be challenged or built up or you're going through a tough time, that's the very thing that will help you through. People who understand, people who have been there, people who can pray in faith for you, people who can be friends, they're not going to judge you because they've been there how important we make honest relationships. It's a curse of this destination that we don't share our emotions or what we think. So, we're back and we need to be set free. We think, well, if I share that, he won't like me anymore. Or you think that I'm not a good Christian. Rubbish. If you share the weaknesses and where you need help, someone can step in and help you grow in faith. People are very, very important. Shield of faith is increased in effectiveness when soldiers are linked together in battle. Right? Corporate prayer, corporate warfare is always more powerful than individual. So people build faith. So get into a life group, come to the prayer. I wouldn't be anywhere else if I have got, you know, nothing that is life-threatening and so important that I wouldn't live. That's been an attitude of my life. Sadly, that is not the culture we live in. And perhaps that's why the church is in place. So, we need to challenge ourselves on those issues. If you want to be protected and grow, get around people of faith. Stick with the faithful, march with the union, and live life like a family. We need one another. Amen. We need one another. Don't stick around people who are always grinding and grinding. That's not going to help faith. Get alongside people of faith. And this is where mentoring and fathering are so important. How many of you have got spiritual mums and dads? People you look up to in the Lord, who you can share anything with. You can, share, you can share your heart with. And you know they will understand. They might not have the answers, but they're stand And they're helping I had the great privilege of two great men who were my spiritual guests. One was Alan Vinson, and one was Arthur Wallace. They both gone to be with the Lord. But you couldn't help being challenged when you were with these guys. I went on a trip with Alan to India and it was an overnight flight, and I thought oh, I'd go and I'd nice check the plan. had our meal, and he said to me, What are your views on all the theories of the end of So much for a relaxed. First, I'm wrong, right? When I was with him, he challenged me to my strengths, and so did I. Arthur. Arthur could dance with the best of them. He could shout with the best of them. He could speak tongues with the rest of them. For he brought to our team such a sense of sanctification and holiness. That was the key. If you haven't got a holy character, a fully sanctified character, you will never see the fullness of miracles. It's got to start there. It's got to start here and now. So, I challenge you on those things. Thirdly, to grow in faith, we need purpose. Faith needs a focus. God gives you and me different assignments which require us to trust him in special ways. And the days are coming when he wants to trust us with more and more and more. Faith needs a focus. You have to have faith to do something. To make a difference to someone. To bring about a change. To activate something that's not there. Faith needs purpose. He gives us challenges and tasks to build our faith. He sent the disciples out two by two. He asked them to feed 5,000. Giving us purpose is his way of stretching our faith muscles. How's your faith muscles morning? Is it big? Is it powerful? Like is it sound? Is Now, build up your faith muscles. Biggest lesson I learned was in Nepal. Communal lunch in the whole church, which made the whole town turn up. Big bowl of rice, big bowl of dough. They were big bowls, but there must have been a thousand people. Well, eight hundred. And someone put a label in my hand. And he said, don't look at the bowl, just pop out the rice. And I spent two hours doing that. And to my utter amazement at the end, half the bowl was still cooked. you can we knew if I work with God going down. I'll just do it. Less two. That's a natural reaction. So we don't let God. God works in faith. And so we need to work in faith. Fourthly, to grow in faith we need problems. That's a good one, isn't it? Everyone shouting with you. to grow in faith, you need problems. Ready for problems? Yeah. Yeah. Problems are just opportunities for victory. The They're opportunities for God to live. Go They're opportunities for faith to come. Like Paul said last week, you need to have to react. To the problems that come. Problems come to all of us. God doesn't put a bubble around Christians because you've got faith to overcome. He wants to make you an overcome. The seven churches in Revelation, the last bit in every letter, says, To those who overcome shall be given. We overcome our problems by not going down the fear route of taking faith on board. Problems are necessary to develop our faith. They drive us to rely on God and teach us to lean on Him. They don't really know, you don't really know God unless He is all you. Uh, there was a year in our past trip where the money in the church ran out, and I had the choice to sack my youth leader and my administrator and keep my job. I chose to go unpaid for a year. So that they can keep their promise, God called out his blessing. He never went for one. He So sometimes you don't know whether you've got faith until he is all you have. We rely too much on other things sometimes. We try and work problems out our ourselves. Sometimes it's only God. It's only God. Problems are opportunities for God to show His strength and release miracles. And lastly, to grow in faith we need perspective. What do I mean by that? Luke 17, 5 and 6, the disciples ask Jesus to increase their faith. He says, that, he says the size of your faith is not the issue. The issue is that each of you has a seed of faith as small as a mustard seed. doesn't matter how big it is. You've all got a seed of faith. The important thing is use it. Amen? It's how you use it that matters. The seed of faith, as small as the muster seed, can move a mountain. All have a seed of faith, and it only grows if we use it. The issue, you see, is not size of faith, it's the size of our God. How big is our God? It's not how big your faith is. It's how big it is. Faith. And so you need to know that. King Hebrews is a list of faith heroes tells us to Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Faith will be effective when focus on the Father, Son and Holy Spirit is what we concentrate on. And the challenge to that one is simply what do you believe? Do you believe Do you really believe that God can do anything? Do you really believe that God can change? Do you really believe that God can heal? Do you really believe he's going to provide? Challenging questions. But we have a couple of faith i tell you what, he's with you. He's for you. He loves you. Thank you. You're his kids. And these are days where he wants a people of faith to rise up. So when people look at us, they say, hey, you have a different way. You've got a different sense about that. You. You've got a different feeling. What is it? So, the momentous opportunity for artists is coming. But people out there must see people of faith in here. Amen? People who are not going to go down the pan like they go down the pan. People who are not going to moan and groan like they do. See, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, wasn't very long, they believed all the signs and wonders. They followed Moses, it wasn't very long before they started moaning and grumbling. And in fact it took 40 years for God to get Egypt out of Israel. Because their attitude and their thinking was still Egypt. And I believe in the church in these days, there's too much Egypt in the church. And the sooner we address it, the sooner we deal with it, the more in faith we will be with it. You've got any Egyptians in your life? Things that you love to go back to? Maybe. Come on. These are challenging days. I'm not saying we shouldn't be challenged. Yeah. And Christians should be concerned and we should try. But please, don't allow fear. lovely Such a beautiful life. effect. God have got mighty rice. That was a preparation for a couple of other sermons I'm going to do sometime. I want to do one on faithful miracles, and I want to do one on faithful Christ. So, that is to come. Let's stand. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Let me just pray for you. Father, we've covered quite a bit today, some stuff we know. But Lord, perhaps we've not put it into practice too well. And so, Lord, I pray that people here will take those challenges, think about them, honestly answer them, and seek to change their attitude to faith. Put a desire to, Lord, to know more about faith in our hearts, to live by faith, to acknowledge faith, Every day, and to see the greatness of our God in all that you're to do in Jesus' name. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter, for sharing this word as we were sharing this word came to me uh, from Romans 14, verse 23, in the latter part of it, it speaks about the food and taking of the food and all. But then it says, For whatever is not from faith is sin. How Whatever is not from faith is sin. So let's think about it. And take this word as take this way in worship, right now, and bless you to God.